0: Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 65, yeah! Ow! What in the hell was that? Yeah, you know, like uh, Rob Zombie, uh, Thunder Kiss, 65, you know? No, I don't. I don't care to. Well. Yes, well, anyway, I think we should just cut to the chase and get right to the issue of the day, my God. An act of war has been committed against that country. Yeah, you know, the Chinese, they stole one of those uh underwater drones of ours. It was uh mapping the ocean floor for uh, exploratory reasons in the international waters. And the Chinese just went in there and stole it. What? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Russians stealing our election. Oh, God. Oh, man, it's over, Trump. won. it's done. No, it's not. And there's more reason than ever for you electors out there. And I'm talking to you Republican electors. To stand on principle and have the courage to do finally what's right. Yes, you must vote for someone other than Trump. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Uh, gee, Lefty, it's funny how all of a sudden you're concerned about the Russians when four years ago uh, Mitt Romney uh, warned Obama about the Russians and uh, he laughed in his face. Yeah, but everything was fine then. What? Yes, yes, there was no threat then. No, they're the same Russians they are today. It was Putin. And, no, uh, that's just, just, uh, Robbie was being stupid. And, uh, so that, that was that. Anyway, now we know, as Hillary Rodham Clinton told some New York Times reporters that Putin has it in for her over some personal beef. And so, there, there, you go. That explains the whole thing. Oh, well, I wonder what she did to piss him off. Well, that's not. Yeah, it is. We kind of, well, we kind of need to know that. I mean, uh, that that does open a new question in this whole story. I, I don't know. God, who cares? I think it's pretty relevant. It also takes Trump off the hook. I mean, they were saying he was like a goddamn Russian agent. Hell, he didn't know it was just some Putin was mad at Hillary over. No, he did. know. he was saying, "Please, please, look up her emails," which there wouldn't be any emails if she had just obeyed the law, Lefty. He- uh, th- th- why you got to bring that part up? But uh, because it's true. Oh, d- that's just. Oh God, it just Russia committed a crime here. Yeah. Well, if only we could. Find out what the exact evidence is. Oh, they've all said it. It's, it's there. Yeah, but they, uh, the intelligence committee called for a hearing and they, uh, the CIA said, nah, we're not doing that. Well, that's because they're all Republicans and you can't trust that. And besides, they don't want any information getting leaked. And you know how those committees leak things. They've already leaked the story to the press themselves. That's, well, that's at their discretion. Uh, yeah, whatever. What I don't get is, is how come Obama didn't do something? I mean, hell, they knew they was hacking them all this time. I mean, get off your ass and put a stop to it. Now, that's, that's just a stupid assertion there. Not exactly lefty. It's actually a good question. And, uh, CNN looked into it, and, uh, the possibilities here is that, uh, uh Obama said he didn't want to look like he was influencing the election and that, uh, Trump could, Make his, uh, the elections rigged, uh, excuse more substantial if it looked like the White House was manipulating things. But the real reason is because he didn't want to piss Russia off because his entire uh, foreign policy is when it comes to Syria and the, and the like uh depends on Russia being nice and and uh being helpful which <laughs> just goes to show well it's all a steaming pile right now and uh also of course uh he uh, didn't want to piss off Russia because he's still in this fantasy zone that somehow he's going to turn Iran to be an ally of the United States and everything's going to be peachy king and all that. And he probably wished he could have had the big uh, photo op of landing Air Force One in Tehran. And look, he brought peace to a mortal enemy of the United States and uh, stopped their nuclear program, which he did, not they're going to get that bomb. But, of course, they'll probably detonate a bomb under a mountain somewhere in Iran. And uh, everybody will just blame Trump. You know, even though this took place before he could get there. Same thing happened with North Korea. Uh, Bill Clinton just really pooped the bed on that one. Actually listened to Jimmy Carter, the worst president we've had. Uh, Well, one of the worst anyway. (laughs) I think Obama's going to take that crown. And uh, North Korea got the bomb. But they detonated their uh, testing uh, after George Bush became president. And so everyone said it was George Bush's fault because his language toward the North Koreans was so harsh that they were scared. Yet uh, this was all within, what? A little over a year. So they managed to shit a bomb out of their ass overnight after Clinton had completely stopped it and was not going to have, I mean, it's just ridiculous. So it's the same type of thinking and policy on this Iran thing. They will get the bomb. This is eight years wasted by the idiocy of the Obama administration. And Russia plays a part in that because they didn't want to piss them off because Russia and Iran are so chummy. And Russia and Syria are so chummy. So, basically... Obama decided to sit out Syria and let Putin figure it out. And, well, look what happened. So, great going, Obama. That's great. So, if everyone's worried about this uh, soft on Russia attitude that Trump has, which, yeah, that's a problem. I don't like it. But I didn't like it either after the eight years we've just had the same stupid policy. This is outrageous. Yeah, it is, because Trump's going to be a hell of a lot better than Obama here was. Well, I will give him this, uh, Red. I don't think he's going to offer Putin a box with a cartoon button on it. Oh, that's just, you know, I'm getting tired of this praise for Trump. Yeah, I don't think you heard me clearly. Yes, but it's still, it's not condemning enough, so it is praise as far as I'm concerned, because Trump is making hate crimes legal. Woooood! You lefty. No, no, it's really, everybody, all these haters out there think it's okay to go out and attack people of color and of different ethnic backgrounds that are different from them. And it's just horrible. I hope they the attacks. They're terrible. And along with fake news, it's open season on minorities. You know you're right lefty there's been a lot of stories like that here's one What? yeah let me let's see here uh 18-year-old muslim college student who claimed three men shouting donald trump called her a terrorist and attempted to rip off her hijab on the new york subway yeah that that's right yes uh she's been arrested for filing a false report what yes yasmin's uh uh boy seaweed or maybe seaweed <laughs> oh okay let's Hit her when she's down there. Uh, look, I don't know how to pronounce it, so we'll just call her Yasmin. Uh, repeatedly insisted that the story was true, but on Wednesday, as police detectives became more suspicious... Oh, I wonder why. ...about the veracity of her tale, she recanted, citing family problems. Well, you know, don't judge until you've walked a mile in her shoes. A police source defended the arrest, stating... This isn't something we normally like to do, but she had numerous opportunities to admit nothing happened, and she kept sticking by her story. We dedicated a lot of resources to this, and don't get me wrong, this is what we do, but we had guys going back and forth looking for video and witnesses, and we couldn't find anything. Nothing happened, and there was no victim. Just just the fact that Donald Trump was elected uh, it makes her a victim. Oh, please! Oh, jeez! Yeah, uh uh, 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 Yasmin claimed that on the night of December 1st, the three men, whom she said were drunk, accosted her, while others observed but did not interfere. She stated, It made me really sad after when I thought about it. People were looking at me and looking at what was happening, and no one said a thing. They just looked away. ABC7 reported that Yasmin claimed the men shouted, You fucking terrorists! Get out of this country! You don't belong here? Hey, are you doing a parody of me? Yeah, kind of. God oh, damn. Anyway, uh, she claimed she ignored them. So they grabbed her purse, then tried to grab her hijab, yelling, Get that fucking thing off your head. Oh, they don't do my voice. I would never say that. Ah, come on, Lefty. Uh, so Yasmin described the suspects to police. One alleged suspect was seen by police on video following her when she got off the subway at Grand Central Station. Police initially thought uh, Seaweed had been uh, traumatized, but their curiosity was piqued when Seaweed left home and was reported missing last Thursday. Then was found safe at home on Friday. Safe, but with her head shaved, which some people suggested was some sort of punishment because she's a wild and wascally young lady. But, uh, who knows. But anyway, yeah, I made up the whole story. (laughs) That's just... I... I don't know what you're upset about, Lefty. I mean, this proves your point. There is fake news out there. Fake stories like crazy, drunken Donald Trump redneck guys running around harassing Muslims and uh, people of color. No, th- it, no there's that's just one story. Oh, well you're right. It is only one. Here's another one. Man faked KKK hate crime and his own kidnapping after lighting car on fire what yes vincent palmer 27 told detectives he taped a note with racial slurs and the words kkk and trump Uh uh-huh yep there you go yeah that's right uh red written on it to his ex-girlfriend's mailbox early sunday before throwing a brick through her car window and dousing the back seat in gasoline because they were having problems over the custody of their children just because you've got a couple of incidents and anecdotal, albeit, that uh, demonstrate that all these stories are fake, and, well, that some are made up, but I still believe that the overall narrative that I hold true to my heart is true. Yeah. Well, these things are going to float around till everybody calms down and gets back to, you know, talking about Star Wars or crap. I ain't seeing that Star Wars movie. It ain't nothing but a goddamn anti-Trump propaganda piece. Uh, n- n- no, it isn't. Yeah, it is. They—I heard they reshot it when Trump won, so that it could be all about Trump. Oh, if only James could come you. Well, they're not going to, because that's just not true, Red. What? Yeah, the reshots happened long before Trump won, and uh, the reason behind it was because the original uh, cut of the film was a little too dark and violent for the. The sort of gee whiz type attitude of the Star Wars films. Uh, And as uh, Eastside Dave, uh, Dave McDonald of Compound Media fame, uh, put it, uh, apparently they had shot a sort of Saving Private Ryan in space movie. So (laughs) they decided they needed to reshoot that and tone it down because they didn't think you should have a Disney Star Wars movie with stormtroopers running around with their guts hanging out. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, I don't know if it was really that dark or not. Hopefully we'll get to see another cut of that uh, when it's released on uh, Blu-ray and stuff like that. So that'll be interesting. But as far as uh, the idea that it was this anti-Trump movie type thing, that's not true. What happened was... The writers of the film uh, couldn't help themselves but uh, let the public know of their Hollywood leftist superior reasoning and philosophy uh, and opinions on this recent election. And so uh, they apparently uh, tweeted out that they were a part of the safety pin movement. Oh, yeah. You go, boyfriend. Yeah. And uh, said that they were attacking white people. Right wing, well, white wing. <laughs> I ain't laughing. Uh, right wing nationalism. So one of them tweeted, uh, please note that the Empire, and that's the, the Galactic Empire in the Star Wars movies, uh, is a white supremacist and human in parentheses organization. So apparently, if you're human, you're a white supremacist here. <laughs> uh, while, uh, and the other writer said uh, they're opposed by a multicultural group led by a brave woman. Well, well, of course, uh, we almost had a female president. So it's a dark day for America that we didn't, uh, according to them. So I guess she was supposed to be Princess Leia. But this is a ridiculous assessment of the films. There is nothing in the Star Wars films that says the uh, the evil emperor or Darth Vader or the rest of the empire Well. That their motives were racism. Their motives were were power and control and dominance at at any cost, you know, and they were ruthless and they would kill people for it and everything. But it wasn't because they weren't of the same race. So uh the look of the uniforms and everything was obviously borrowed from Nazis and that sort of thing but there was nothing in the films that that was the motive of the emperor that uh, he he wanted his particular race to dominate there was none of that he wanted to dominate and that was it <laughs> so yeah, this guy's just pulling that out of his ass so uh and if they've introduced that into the film that's a quite a deviation from uh well what the other films had established So, uh, you know, but but the idea that this had anything to do with Trump, it it just doesn't. Well, you know, this is indicative of the earlier point I was making, because this is the kind of thing that creates these false narratives from fake news. And that's why I am so gratified to hear that Facebook is going to do something about it, because they're going to turn to fact checkers like Snopes.com to weed out all these horrible lies. Oh, yeah. Snopes.com. Ah, Peter Hassan of Daily Caller wrote a nice piece on that. What? Yeah, yeah. Popular myth-busting website Snopes originally gained recognition for being the go-to site for disproving outlandish urban legends, such as the presence of UFOs in Haiti or the existence of human-animal hybrids in the Amazon jungle. Recently, however, the site has tried to pose as a political fact-checker. But Snopes' fact-checking looks more like playing defense for prominent Democrats like Hillary Clinton, and its political fact-checker describes herself as a liberal and has called Republicans regressive and afraid of female agency. Well, that's just telling the truth. Oh, God! damn! All right, all right, let me finish here. Snopes' main political fact-checker is a writer named Kim LeCapria. Before writing for Snow, Slicapria wrote for Inquisitor, a blog that, oddly enough, is known for publishing fake quotes and even downright hoaxes as much as anything else. What? Yep, that's right. She described herself as openly left leaning and a liberal. Well so yeah. She trashed the Tea Party as tea hottest. <laughs> Good one, girlfriend, you go. Yeah, she called Bill Clinton one of our greatest presidents. Oh, my God! Oh, please! What? I, I don't see the problem here. Yeah, you wouldn't. Uh, she claimed that conservatives only criticized uh, Lena Dunham's comparison of voting to sex because they fear female agency. Oh, God, they feel they fear something else of hers. My God, can you imagine that smelling th- oh, all, right, all right, all right, okay, we get it. Uh, she once wrote... Like many GOP ideas about the poor, the panic about using food stamps for alcohol, pornography, or guns seems to have been cut from whole cloth. Or more likely, the ideas many have about the fantasy of poverty. A simple fact check would show that food stamp fraud does occur and costs taxpayers tens of millions. The Caprio uh, even accused the Bush administration of being at least guilty of criminal negligence in the September 11th attacks. Well, he was... He sat in that chair for, what, seven minutes? Yeah, I guess if he had immediately jumped up, all those nearly 3,000 people would be alive today. (laughs) Well, yeah, he was just president. He wasn't Superman. So, yeah. the future fact checker offered no evidence to support her accusation. She just says, you know... Bush hit the bed. Anyway, her columns apparently failed to impress her readership, oftentimes failing to get more than ten to twenty shares. After blogging the Inquisitor, the campfire joined Snopes, where she regularly pay- plays defense for her fellow liberals. She wrote a fact-check article about Jimmy Carter's unilateral ban of uh, Iranian nationals from entering the country. What? Yeah, that's right, he unilaterally banned Iranians from coming into the United States. Sound familiar? Um. Uh. Muslim ban. Yeah. 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 Trump's a Muslim ban. Yeah. Oh man. Look at that. Boy, Jimmy Carter does it's okay. Trump suggested. Oh my God. Into the, the world. Uh, shut out. This is outrageous. Uh. Yeah. And uh, in another art- uh, fact check article, she argued that Hillary Clinton hadn't included Benghazi at all in her infamous. We didn't lose a single person in Libya. Gaff. We didn't. We really didn't. Oh my God. He, yeah, we did. The f- oh, well, that's different. Yeah. Uh, LaCapria claimed Clinton only meant to refer to the 2011 invasion of Libya, but not the 2012 Benghazi attack. Yeah, it was a whole other different year. Oh Yeah. Oh boy. Um. After the Orlando terror attack, LaCapria claimed that just because Omar Mateen was a registered Democrat with an active uh, voter registration status didn't necessarily mean that he actually was a democrat
1: <laughs> what come on now
0: <laughs> yeah that's one of her fact-checking arguments her fact-check argued that he might have chosen a random political affiliation when he initially registered now <laughs> that he accidentally selected democrat without knowing what it meant or was Um uh, uh mind you his father showed up at uh one of hillary's campaign events so uh, yeah Oh, uh, that's outrageous. Guilt by association nonsense. That's not the point I'm making. I'm mean, the point that they were Democrat. No, but it, it, it's like you saying, uh, Donald Trump agrees with David Duke because David Duke endorsed him. You, you see that? No, and David Duke did endorse him. And they, uh, I just wait till he's in the cabinet. I'm sure any minute now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but in here again, it's a fact checking. So she offers this scenario where he accidentally, uh, chose Democrat when she doesn't have any evidence that that's what happened. I mean, she just makes it up you, you, when you're a fact checker. You, you don't do that, but she does. Anyway, like after even tried to contradict the former Facebook workers who admitted that Facebook regularly censors conservative news, dismissing the news as rumors. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're the ones who would know. So how could she say they're wrong? <laughs> um, so uh, in the uh, Facebook fact check article, look after you that Facebook, Uh, Facebook trending's uh, blacklisting of junk topics was not only not a scandalous development, but to be expected, following the social network's crackdown on fake news sites. Yeah, see. (laughs) So she's basically revealing the point here is that anything that's bad for Democrats or the left, she wants blocked. That's all that means. That's. I, well, maybe it should be if it's all fake and lies. <sighs> the opinion-heavy article was mockingly titled, The Algorithm is Gonna Get You. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess it will, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it should. I hear a thing of that. No, oh, Lefty, uh, LaCapria again played defense for Clinton in a fact-checked article uh, when she claimed outrage over an expensive Armani jacket worn by Hillary Clinton was peppered with inaccurate details. One of the inaccurate details cited by LeCaprio was that the cost of men's suits worn by fellow politicians didn't appear in the article for Contrast. She also argued the the speech Clinton gave while wearing the $12,495 jacket, which discussed raising wages and reducing inequality, wasn't actually about income inequality. (laughs) So there's your fake news cop. Yeah, yeah, she'll give us the truth. Just, just, it's just a few little slips here and there. That's not reason enough for for that. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, none of this matters because Trump's in. He won. He's gonna make America great again, and that's all she wrote. Oh my God, heaven help us! You know how many people are probably gonna lose their very lives because. Of the glory of Obamacare that Trump is determined to destroy. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like it. It sounds like he's probably going to keep most of it. What? What? Yeah. Well, it won't be as good. I mean, Obama has managed to ensure 20 million what? people. Not really left. What? Oh, please. Oh, come on, Nelson. Uh, please, please. Just stop. Please, just stop. I can't because it's not true. Because you can take 14 million out of that and uh, chalk it up to the staying on your parents' in charge until you're 26, and then about 11.8 million of that, I believe, is the actual number as I'm reading here. Uh, it was all Medicaid, and Medicaid—it's—it's uh, it's not really insurance; that's welfare. Well, it's called the Affordable Care Act, Lefty. The whole point uh, was to get the cost down. Instead it rose them, and uh, that's about it, because he had to stack a new bureaucracy on top of old bureaucracies to do the same damn thing. Uh, He should have just blocked grant money for Medicaid because that's basically all he achieved. It's... I just... eh, eh. Yeah. Alright, we're gonna take a break and get into some night-night, and then this week's uh, Christmas story. Yes, yes. Back after this. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show, here on RadioMisfits.com. Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. And you want to hear it in the best way possible. So why not get yourself some headphones and accessories from tweaked audio? Key features include eight colors and styles, mic'd and non-mic'd versions designed to sound great for music and talk. Noise reducing design with a lifetime warranty. So head over to tweakedaudio.com and use discount code Mr. Nelson at checkout for 33% off and free worldwide shipping. That's Mr. Nelson. M R N A I L S I N. It's not case sensitive, but it is all one word. That's tweakedaudio.com. Next time on My Brother's Keeper. Yeah, people say I'm stupid and stuff, but come on, man. You're not going to pull the wool over my eyes on that one. You can't tell me we ever went to the moon. I mean, look at that thing. I mean, I know it's bigger than the other dots in the sky, but you can't fit a spaceship on that thing. It's too small. I just oh, came back uh, from my lawnmower. I was going to do the yard job you were supposed to do, but you didn't. You only did it half-assed. Well, uh... uh, Shut up and listen. I sat on it, and that seat was soaking wet. Now I got a wet ass. (laughs) Well, uh... Shut up. uh, Did you leave my lawnmower outside? Well, uh... Did you leave my lawnmower outside? Hey. <laughs> Next time on my brother's keeper on TLC. Oh wow, wait, what's this? It's an old sci-fi classic. Oh, man, it must be cool and great, huh? No, I meant classic in the sense that it's classic cinema crap. Oh, well, don't worry, because I'll be there to narrate you through the entire film with my witchy commentary and cartoon sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gee, great! The film stars actor Peter Graves, you might remember him from the TV series Mission Impossible and as the creepy boy-hungry pilot on the movie Airplane. No, do not ring a bell. That's okay. Yes, Peter Graves stars as a nuclear physicist tormented by alien killers from space. But the title is somewhat misleading as they only kill one man and his death is kind of an accident. Anyway, after all that, they show Peter a bunch of films of bugs. Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. Oh man, I can't stand it any longer. Where can I get my hands on this? <laughs> All you have to do is head over to selfi.com/nelson. There you'll find this and other films that I've graced with my brutal sound effects and witty commentary. <laughs> So head over to Sellfy.com slash Nelson That's Sellfy S-E-L-L-F-Y Dot com Slash Nelson N-A-I-L-S-I-N Yes, it's just that simple Head over and download Killers from Space today For only $1.75 Whoa, cheap! Yes Yes, it is This is Smedley uh, from Night Night, and uh you're listening to the Mr. Nelson show here on RadioMisvids.com. Kyle Richmond has found his new identity as Night Knight. With this new persona, he wages a one man war on crime. Well, sort of. Now, as the public, the criminal underworld, and the corrupt police department become aware of him, Night Knight embarks on an affair with a prostitute. Meanwhile, the wife of Detective Charles Wetwin tries to track him down by phone.
2: Jim, can't you come home? It's late.
0: Ah, uh, sorry, honey, but uh, I have to work late. Bye. So, uh, Chinese?
3: Nah, Mexican. My treat this time.
0: Oh, yeah, and don't forget, uh, Hubie Bent wants us to see him in the morning.
4: You know... was thinking about hubie the way he's obsessed with the law and all that perhaps he is or has some knowledge of this night night character
0: well well all this and brains too
2: (laughs) he respects me he really respects me
0: meanwhile across town our hero night night is crawling atop a skylight on the rooftop of a building owned by ralph tito also known as Cityopolis Organized Crime Boss, the Greek. Uh Aha, now I can easily spy on the Greek, Cityopolis' head of organized crime. And down below, in the room upon which night Knight is spying, we find a bubbling hot tub, along with the Greek himself, who is accompanied by a sexy blonde. Come on, baby. Let's check out my new hot tub.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, get on the wall, man. <laughs> Look at that ass. Look at that ass. That's a magnificent ass. <laughs> ah, yeah, this is great, eh?
4: Yeah, sure.
0: You know, my wife just sits around like a sack of shit. But you, you're a real woman. Oh, gee. So, uh... I've decided to take care of my wife for good.
4: Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh yeah?
0: Oh, my God. He's, He's going, going to bump off his own, own wife. wife. I better... What's that cracking noise? Oh, no. Don't tell me. No, no. no! Oh. Oh! What the hell? <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah,
0: what ah, 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 shit, who's this? Oh, oh, no, it's... Wait a minute, that's that the night guy. Night, night? In my tub? Oh man, you dead meat! Drown you freak! This'll teach you to spy on me! Oh no! Oh, oh, got to force him off of me,
1: or I'll drown. But he's so fat!
0: Bracing his legs upon the massive rotund figure of the Greek, Night Knight pushes with all his might, forcing the cheap structure of the jacuzzi to give way.
1: Yeah! Oh,
0: oh, oh, thank God. Now will make good my escape... <laughs> Apologies, madam. <laughs> oh,
3: God, that stupid idiot ruined everything.
0: And so later in the office of Detective Charles Wetwin... So, uh, I've decided to take care of my wife for good. Oh, uh, oh, 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 yeah? What the
4: hell?
0: What was that screaming?
4: It's like I told you, Pops. It was that night guy. He crashed in and ruined everything. I gotta tell you guys, this deal with the DA ain't worth it. I can't stand that fat slob. The Greek or Night Night? Both. (sighs) Oh, well, there goes our informant.
0: Just as well. I I never really cleared it with the commissioner. Now I won't have to. Damn. I think we may have had the goods on the Greek. This tape just won't hold in court.
4: Well, we could wait and catch him in the act of killing his wife.
0: Nah, I'm only interested in his drug operation. Oh. Meanwhile, in the basement of Club Night, sits Night-Night, Knight, watching the news. Our top story, Ralph Tito, a.k.a. the Greek, was attacked by this crazy idiot we all now call Night-Night. Knight. <laughs> hey folks, first our crime rate, now this guy makes the city look bad answer fool. We're nearing an election and the incumbent mayor is in the hot seat thanks to, yes, you guessed it, Night Night. (laughs) Oh, that's more shit. Well, maybe there's some truth to that, man. I mean, come on, this Night Night stuff looks ridiculous. Redley, don't be fooled by that cheap media trash. It's all lies. Stay tuned to TMZ's exclusive report on the happening to the Taylor Swift sex video. Huh. Alright. Now we're talking. Huh. So much for not tuning in to Media Trash. No. Ultimately. And later in Commissioner Lee's office, he meets with Detective Charles Wetwin. Now Charlie boy, I don't like people going behind my back. No, I do not. So do you mind explaining D.A. Hubie Bent, setting up a deal with Trixie Turner to be a police informant? Well, uh, she had an association with the Greek, so I, I thought, uh... Well, you thought wrong. Yes, you did. So from now on, anything concerning the Greek goes to me first. Got it? Uh, y- 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 yes, sir. And back at Club Knight's basement. Don't wait up, Spidley. For the time has come for me to don my costume. For the night awaits me. Oh man, get real. And city Cityopolis General Hospital. I want that night night dead. And find Trixie Turner and bring her to me. Right, balls. Hello? Mitchell who? Oh, my wife's lawyer. Wait a minute. What does my wife need a lawyer for? D- d- divorce? Ah, shit. Later, outside Carbuncle Chemical Factory, a nondescript van pulls up to a fence in back of the Carbuncle property. Suddenly the back doors of the van open up, revealing a gang of men wearing rubber animal masks, for they are the Menagerie Gang. Come on, man. We can cut a hole right through here. Yeah, all right, Bo. And once inside on the carbuncle grounds. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Okay, over there, over there. That's where the good shit is. Be careful, though. All this shit around here is highly flammable. It burns your skin right off the bone. Hey, freeze! Oh, shit. They got scared in there. Come on, come on. Hands in the oh, air. Oh, man. I'll take care of that with this. Oh, no, man. Let's run for <laughs> Uh, Oh oh, 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 shit! Elsewhere in the back seat of Detective Charles Wetwin's car. Uh, uh, Attention all units, attention all units, attention all units. uh, The menagerie gang has spotted
2: outside
4: Carbuckle
2: Chemical. Shooting progress. Shouldn't we respond to that?
0: (sighs) Nah. And back inside Carbuckle Chemical. Uh, Oh no, no, Uh, no! uh, My ass! hit my ass screw you ass man they done scout me oh where are my aspens? look there he goes he's getting away well he's in range no what? what the hell I'm here now I'll take care of him my way it's it's that it's night man no night night Wait. Look, sir, this is a police matter. You're out of my way, rent-a-cups. And with that, night Knight leaps off the railing onto to the other railing where the menagerie gang leader, who is wearing an elephant mask, is making good his escape. Prepare for justice, fiend. What? No, no, no. I, look, look, I give up. I give up. Just don't land on me. Don't land on me. Don't... Night-Night's large form smashes into the man knocking him off the railing as he falls overboard down down into one of the deep vats of fiery chemicals ah shit what the hell am i falling into oh god it burns oh shit falling through the sewer lines and being deposited in some lake outside the building that no one really pays much attention to the elephant masked man manages to make it to a nearby bank still inflamed from the chemicals he tries to remove some of his clothing but discovers the mask cannot be removed the chemicals have seared and melted it into his very facial skin it is now forever a part of him he will never remove this elephant mask again and what's more the outer gray lining of the mask has been burned away as well turning it into a shiny pink yes he is now forever stuck in the mask of a pink elephant, oh no, <laughs> my God, That guy's really screwed up. well, he shouldn't he should have given up, so it's not my fault. hmm, this place is filling up with cops. I'd better make good my escape. Meanwhile, outside, Carbuncle chemical detectives wet one and essence arrive on the scene well detective wetland about damn time my ah, it. what's the situation well the menagerie gang showed up to rob the place but we blew most of them away one of them got away but then night night showed up and kicked him into some of them burning chemicals i'm pretty sure he's done too night night he's here Yeah, but don't worry, we got the place surrounded. We're going to take care of that. Yeah, look what I got. I got a goddamn rocket launcher. This will take care of it. What? No. Don't pull that trigger. (laughs) Too late. Bombs away. And yes, the SWAT man does launch the rocket launcher, firing his missile into the chemical facility, unfortunately, along with the explosive device and the volatile chemicals within. A massive explosion erupts. Night Knight is shocked and begins to panic. What? He turns to a nearby oh. building and smashes through a window. But the building inside is very steep, and so Night Knight clumsily falls when the explosion brings down the roof on top of him. Is this the end of Night Knight already? Before his career begins? Well, we know better than that. But tune in next week to find out how he gets out of this one. in a Nelson production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, will you? Okay, uh, and uh, speaking of Night Night, uh, the character... Of uh, the commissioner in the Night Night stories, because uh, in the Batman stories, his name's you know, Jim Gordon, but in my uh, stories, his name is Charles Wetwin, and uh, that's actually based on the Commissioner character in the Shadow series. Uh, he was a a man uh, named Charles uh, Weston, and uh, so, <laughs> and since uh, the Shadow was a character that was uh, influential in the uh, origins of Batman. Uh I decided to do uh use that name and of course wet one sounds silly. So that's how that happened. So in appreciation of that <coughs> uh, uh this next Christmas story will be an episode of The Shadow, the old radio story uh being show that uh, uh began with uh, Orson Wells. And uh well actually the Shadow was just a host character for uh detective stories. And that was about it. Then they decided to develop him into an actual character who solved crimes and that sort of thing. In the radio show, of course, he can make himself invisible, and that's how that went. In the uh, written stories, I don't think he could do that, but I think he did have some sort of hypnotic powers or that sort of thing. So, yeah, uh, The Shadow was a big influence on Batman. So, uh, that's the connection with Night-Night. Anyway, uh, here is the Christmas episode of The Shadow. Well, one of them anyway. There were a couple others. But this is the one I picked. Uh, The Shadow, uh, and the title of it is The Stockings Were Hung. Do enjoy.
5: Who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. The shadow uses his hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the unseen voice of the shadow belongs. Today's story The Stockings Were Hung. This is a story of Christmas time in a great city. Tonight, with Margot Lane and Lamont Cranston, we look in on the lives of the Grover family. Get out of here! Get out! You'll not get a cent of pay from me, Mister Grover. Simon Jordan, you know my wife's dead, and I have two children, and it's Christmas. I've got you.
1: Get to. out! Get out before
5: I. It's Christmas time in a great city. As our scene opens, we find Margot and Lamont. Coming down on the elevator from Margot's apartment. Well,
6: here's where we get out, Margo. Where now?
5: Over to the
3: club, Lamont, to pick up a Christmas basket of food to deliver. Good. Oh, look, Lamont, it's snowing. What do you think of mm. that? I want to stop the corner and see my friend Spike. Spike? Right? Yes, Spike Grover. He's a newsboy. Get I always buy my papers for There's Spike on the, all the all corner. A busy little man, isn't get he? Get your I always give
6: him $5 to drink. In spite of all you've said about organized get charity, your
3: giving one isolated newsboy get $5 to Oh, this is different. your papers. I should say it is
7: different. It isn't even Spike.
6: Paper, mister, uh, paper. Yes, the young lady would like a paper to cover her new hat. <laughs> if you can call that Christmas tree ornament a hat. Where's Spike Grover? Ah, Spike's got
7: family trouble. He's a pal of mine, Spike. is tells me everything. He knows I can keep a secret. Family trouble? Well, it's very confidential. You see, Spike and his sister Jane, you see, they haven't got any mother. They only got a father. And you see, I don't tell anybody, but Spike's grandfather owned the Grover Importing Company. Uh, Whoa,
5: whoa, wait,
6: wait a minute. You're way ahead of me.
7: Now, look. Spike's grandfather owned the Grover importing business. And Spike's name is Grover. So Spike and his father should own the Grover importing business. And, well, it seems there's a fellow named Jordan worked for Spike's grandfather. And the way I figure it, this fellow Jordan put the snatch on the whole business. Did what? Lady, you wouldn't understand. I was just telling this gentleman here, as far as I can figure, this old miser named Jordan steals the whole business right out from under Spike's father's nose. So a couple of days ago, Jordan fired Spike's father from his own business, mind you. Ain't that awful? But where is Spike? And where's his father? Lady, if I know that, I'd tell Spike.
6: Well, where does he live?
7: He lives in the old house down on South and 7th Street. And what's your name, son? They call me Gabby. But you know, I could never figure out why. (laughs) No?
6: (laughs) Well, uh, uh, Gabby, uh, here's a Christmas present for you.
7: Oh, thanks. Gee, thanks, Mr. Merry Christmas, Gabby. And the same to you, lady. Bye.
6: Well, you go over to your club and pick up the Christmas basket, Margo. I think I'll go down and see Spike and family. I'll pick you up at the club, Margo. cab. You want a cab, mister? You want a cab? Yes. Uh, take me to South and 7th Street, please. South and 7th Street. Yeah, South and 7th Thanks. Oh, um, by the way, I want to stop at a pet shop on the way. Do you know a good one nearby? Well, I don't know where there's, there's one. At... Oh, yeah, I do know where there's one on the next block, that is. Well, that's where we're going, then. <laughs> oh, driver, are you uh, busy tonight? Yeah, yeah, i got to drive this cab. Ain't it awful, ain't it? <laughs> that's what I mean, that's what I... <laughs> Now <laughs> you've got me doing it. Doing what? Uh, Hiring the cab for tonight. You mean it? Sure. Gee, Santa Claus! I didn't know you were out them whiskers. <laughs> that's a joke. It hey, is a pet shop, Mister. There it is. Well, that's fine. Nice. Uh, what's your name, Louis? Well, come on, Louis. Let's buy a pup.
7: Buy a pup, huh? Buy
6: a pup, oh boy. Hey, the red one in the window? Sold, Louis. Sold. Oh, that's <laughs> a cute pup. That's a cute pup, all right. Uh, how much is the red set of pup in the window? Oh, that's a very fine animal. Uh, it's $35. Fine, wrap it up. I I beg your pardon? Put it in a cardboard carton with some holes in it. We'll take it with us. Very good, sir. Now, now, Louis, you'll take the pup in front, see? It's a surprise for a young lady we'll pick up later. She mustn't know about it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Say, but suppose it begins to bark or wine or something. Well, if she asks what it is, you just tell her a, a box of books. Hey, yeah, yeah, that's smart. That's... Smart. But wait a minute. What kind of books am I gonna say if it starts to bark? Oh, that's easy. You just call for sneeze. Believe me, mister. If you didn't want this hack for the evening, i tell you it sounds a little screwy to me, I tell you. Hey, here's your dog, sir. Fine animal indeed. <laughs> uh, Louis, sneeze. <laughs> huh? Sneeze! Oh! <laughs> 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 Thanks. Great, Louis, great. Take the bunch of books now. We're off to South and Seventh Street. <laughs>
4: Mother would be very mad if I didn't make these cookies just perfect for Daddy. Let me see. Here it is. Mother's recipe for Christmas cookies. One and a quarter cups of flour. I've got that. One and a half teaspoons of vanilla. Maybe nobody would know if there's no vanilla in them. One third cup of sugar. One egg. And one half cup of butter. One half cup of butter? I haven't even got half a half a cup of butter. Oh, I wanted so much to surprise, Danny.
6: Well, that's no way to feel on Christmas Eve. What's the matter, Jamie?
4: I haven't got hardly any butter.
6: Well, we'll take care of that in a minute, Jamie. But I came here looking for your brother Kingsley
4: know where my brother is because he's looking for my father. And I don't know where my father is. (laughs) Daddy hasn't been home for two all days.
6: Oh, easy, Janie.
4: Well, Kingsley says daddy will be home for Christmas.
6: I'm sure he will.
4: But now Kingsley's gone. I I haven't any butter and mother always makes such good Christmas. Well,
6: Well, now look, Janie. I think this will give you all the butter you want and... Anything else you might need for your Christmas cookies.
4: Oh, it's $5.
6: You can't expect me to find your father in Kingsley if you don't have Christmas cookies ready for them when they come home.
4: Will you really bring them home?
6: I'll try, Jeannie. I'll try. Hey, hey, is this where we picked the young lady up? Yes, Louie, and don't forget... That's a box of books you have in front and not a dog. And don't forget, if he barks, you sneeze. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, there's Miss Lane now. Oh, Margo. Been waiting long? Oh, no, no,
3: Lamont. Whew, I just piled the snow on my best hat so I look like the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> oh,
6: the sunshine. Uh, d- d- Did you deliver your last basket?
3: Uh, yes. What's that package you have in front, driver? Oh, I got it. A, <laughs> a,
6: a, a, a box of books. I got a box of books.
3: Oh. Oh, well, I thought you'd never get here.
6: It's South and 7th Street, Louis. Uh, that's Spike's house, Margo. Uh, you wait here, Louis. Yeah, sure, boy. Sure, sure. Uh, Margo, this is Spike's house. Go on. Let's go in and see that's Jenny. good. I want
3: to meet her. go <laughs> all that tree I can't Look, I look, look. two boys oh, my are fighting. I'm a boy. It's It oh. is.
6: Hey, you youngsters.
3: go of that tree It's mine. Go picking on you big bully oh scram
7: you see Miss Lane I found this you gate. did not come
6: on you young hoodlums I
7: hey now wait you. a
6: minute one at a time I
7: saw it in the gutter
6: listen young man I suggest that you run along and let Spike have his tree. Who's going to make me? Why, you young rascal! Oh,
3: Lamont, remember peace on earth.
7: I'll catch you, Spike, when you haven't got your gang with you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What a piece of the society column! The well-known clubman, Lamont Cranston, seen bawling.
7: (laughs) Out! Why that?
3: He kicked me with a snowball. Remember, Margot,
6: peace on earth. Well,
3: if you were half a man, you'd do something about it.
6: Never let it be said. Well,
3: here you're not going to throw a snowball at him.
6: It wouldn't look well if I shot him, would it?
7: (laughs) Boy, what a way out! Hey, who do you think you are, Lefty Gomez or something? I'll get you, Spike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mister, and
2: it isn't even a good Christmas tree. Oh, Spike, it's a beautiful tree. It mm. hasn't got many needles. you got to have a Christmas tree when you got a girl in the house.
6: You're all right, Kingsley.
2: Kingsley, have you been talking to my sister? Yes. Nothing's happened to my dad, you haven't?
6: Why, of course not. We know your dad's missing, so we just came down to help.
2: Have you any idea where your father is, Spike? Oh, gee, show up. Uh,
6: have you been to the place where he works?
2: I mean, where he used to work. That old skint plant, Mr. Jordan won't let him work there anymore.
6: I see. Have you asked the police for help?
2: Well, uh, that's just the trouble, Mr. and I can't. Why not, Spike? Oh, it, it's kind of private. I, I... Well, here, you must tell us or we won't be able to help you. Oh, well, uh, all right. See. I went there yesterday and Mr. Jordan said he hadn't seen Dad and, and when he did, he was going to have him thrown in jail. What? Yeah. Mr. Jordan said my dad did something to the books or something and, and that he was a, a thief. My dad wouldn't do anything like that. No, I'm
6: sure he wouldn't, Spike. Betty
2: bet he wouldn't. Especially because that business really belongs to him and it's supposed to belong to me someday when I get big. <sighs> if anybody's a thief, it's that old skinflint Mr. Jordan.
6: Now look, Spike. The first thing we've got to do is to find your father. Yeah. The best thing to do is to get the police to help us.
2: Oh, but maybe they'll arrest him.
6: But you and I both know that your dad didn't do anything wrong.
2: Yeah, that's right. Maybe they can find him, huh? Maybe they can find him.
6: Sure they can. You tell me what he looks like. Then you and Miss Lane go in the house, and I'll go to police headquarters. (laughs) Sergeant Murphy? Well, well. Season's great, Mr. Cranston. Same to you. Uh, Sergeant uh, Kingsley Grover Sr. has been missing for two days. Uh, tell me what he looks like, and we'll start looking. His son, Spike, told me that he was 5 feet 10, weighed about 165, was wearing a brown overalls. Calling
5: all cars, calling all cars, missing since last Friday. Kingsley Grover Sr., height 5 feet.
6: Patrol. This is headquarters. We're looking for Kingsley Grover Sr. Height 5 feet 10. Wait. Hello, cheerful headquarters, Colin. Merry Christmas. Have you got a stiff on ice about 5 feet 10? Wait. Mr. Cranston, did you find out anything about Spike's old man at police headquarters? No, not yet. Miss Lane's still in the house? Yeah, yeah, she's there with Spike and his sister. Say the dog's all right. <laughs> I didn't have to sneeze or nothing. He was so quiet I thought he was froze or something. So put my hand inside the box. You know what happened? No. He bit my finger. <laughs> He's a cart, all right. He's a cod. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Louis. I'm going in the house. Okay, boss, okay.
2: No,
6: Hello, everybody. No,
3: oh, on. Come are
2: down there, you were gone a long time, Mr. Cranston. Did the police find him?
6: They'll get him soon, Spike. Don't be impatient now.
2: No, I won't be impatient. Say, would it be bad if you and Miss Lane went into the other room for a minute? I want to talk to my sister. Do you mind? No, of course not, Spike. Come on with me, Lamar. No, you only no, be no. a
6: second. Take your time, Spike.
2: Look at Jamie. We'll find him in time for Christmas.
5: still the search for Spike's father goes on. The machine of the police looking, looking everywhere. Hours pass and no word. Now we find Kingsley going up to old Mr. Jordan's office.
1: Mr. Jordan! Who is it? Uh, oh, it's you, is it? Get out of here.
2: Please tell me where my father is.
1: I don't know where that thief and father of yours is if I did. He's oh, not a thief. If anybody's a thief, you are. You shut your lying dirty mouth. you
2: still he should be here, not you.
1: I'll flash you within an inch of your life, you little of snake. Take that!
2: Oh, 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 please don't hit me with that chain again, please. Uh,
1: you don't like that, please.
2: eh? And that oh, Please stop it! Come on, get
3: out. Get out. Mike, what's the matter,
4: Kimberly? You're hurt.
3: You poor
6: kid. How did you get that red welt across your cheek?
3: Mr. Jordan hit me with his cane. Oh, you poor child. Come here, I'll wash it out.
6: Now we have to plan what we're going to do. Have you any suggestions, Spike?
2: Only one, Mr. Cranston. What's that? Well, it sounds sounds kind of silly, maybe even to try it. But, you see, Dad and me, I mean, Dad and I, we always used to walk up the avenue on Christmas Eve.
3: Oh, it sings a little, doesn't it? It's
2: all right. Well, anyway, we'd look in the store windows and we'd see what we'd buy for ourselves and Janie and Mother when she was alive. We had all the money we wanted. I thought I'd walk up the avenue tonight and... Well, I guess it sounds kind of silly, but I, I would like to.
6: That's a wonderful idea, Kingsley. And, Margot... Yes, Lamar? Why don't you go along and take a pencil and paper and write down all the things Spike would like for himself and his sister?
3: He huh? never did that.
6: No? no. Just think what fun you'd have... Take talking it over with Jamie afterwards if you had a list.
2: Gee, that's right. Let's go. Wait, oh, and, and you know, we might even run into Dad.
6: Why, well, sure you might. Uh,
2: aren't you coming with us, Mister Cranston?
6: Well, yes, of course. I, I'll join you on the Avenue. But uh, first, I want to get to police station again and check up.
2: Oh, Jamie, yes, way you better stay here and watch those cookies don't burn again. All right.
6: I'll be with you in a little while.
1: Close the books for the night hmm. I had a good year who's there hmm no one eh, I guess I'll give myself a Christmas present of a new latch for the door that Grover Black must have left it open he's too smart that boy eh, you don't have to worry about any Grovers ever again Simon Jordan <laughs> Simon Jordan eh, that's going to look fine and new gilt letters on the door Instead of Grover's important company Uh Hey, you're pretty slick, Simon Jordan (laughs) These books are fixed so cleverly That even the Supreme Court couldn't tell That Simon Jordan didn't own this company (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, what was that? Who said that?
6: No one said anything, Simon Jordan I was just enjoying your joke with you
1: Where are you? I can hear your voice.
6: Of course you can hear my voice, Simon Jordan. But you can't see me. I'm in the shadows. The shadows uh, of your mind. Go away. Go away from me. I thought you
1: might be lonely. No, oh, no, I'm not. Go on. Go away. I came to ask you about the Grovers. Eh? Hey?
6: What do you know about the Grovers? Enough, Simon Jordan. Enough to know that your altered books would not fool the Supreme Court.
1: spirit, are you?
6: In a sense, yes. I try to represent the spirit of honesty and justice. And when Simon Jordan beats a child with his cane, steals from the father of that child like a low, sneaking thief, then I must talk to Simon Jordan. I am not a thief. No. I should not disgrace thieves by calling you one of them. You're a man too mean to be a thief, Jordan. Yeah. What do you want from this world? None of your business what I want. I'll tell you. You want money. I feel sorry for you, Simon. I'm going to go now. much news yet, Spike. But they've got a couple of leads that might amount to something. Yeah, that's good. Are you pretty near the end of your Christmas Eve walk, Spike?
2: Got one more stop. Pop and me always stopped in here at the cathedral, you know, just to get out of the cold for a minute. You don't have to be afraid. They'll let you in.
6: If you take as they will, Spike.
2: Up these steps.
3: Come well, on, I didn't know there were as many windows in town. I'm dead. I've got a list of presents
2: as long as... Oh, you your arms. Don't slip, Miss
6: I hope you've got a preferred list. Oh,
2: I have. Here, in here. Why this?
3: Look, Lamont, that poor man over in the
4: corner. Yes. Mr. Craster. It's my dad. What? It's my dad. Daddy. Daddy, speak
6: to me. Speak to me. the oh, He won't speak to me. Mr. Grover. Hmm? Mr. Grover, this is your son. Don't you know him? Dad. I can't remember, oh. Margot. This man has been hurt. Let's get him on side, Lamont. Do you remember your name, sir?
4: Jesus. There's something wrong with him.
6: My name? You must try to remember. Truck. Skidding. Hit me, uh... Oh. Why did you come to the cathedral tonight? It's uh, Christmas Eve. Always come here. Who is we? I I can't remember. and leave some packages with you? Did she leave some packages? Did she leave some? She dumped them in the back of the hack and went to the kids. He, uh, Spike, I mean, was talking all the way down about your father's old man. Is that the kid's old man with you? Yes, he's in pretty good shape now. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, that's the nuts. That certainly is. Now, Louie, don't forget to bring in those packages when I call you. All right now, Mr. Grover. Just lean on me. You're still a little bit shaky. Uh, I know mm-hmm. it. Now, watch this, stamp. Oh, I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, you're fine now. All right. You go first. Merry Christmas, children.
4: Daddy! Oh. Uh,
6: how is the lady of the house?
4: Oh, just wonderful, Mary. You're here. Oh, Daddy. And
2: I make Christmas cookies, too.
6: Fine, fine. And how about you, young man? How have you been behaving?
2: I've been getting along all
6: right. Hey, where did you get that nasty welt across your cheek? You haven't been in a fight, have you, son? Oh, I'll go.
2: Oh, no, sir. It was only an accident.
1: Well,
6: Mr. Mr. Jordan,
5: Carter.
6: what are you doing here? I, uh, I came to speak on
1: a matter of business. I don't believe this is the occasion for a business discussion. Oh, I think it is, Mr. Grover. In going over the books tonight, I found that a great and terrible mistake has been made. Huh? The Grover importing company has been making more money than I thought. And over half of it is rightfully yours as partner in the company. Partner? Yes. Part owner. And I hope you'll find it within your heart to forget any misunderstandings we may have had and that you take over the responsibilities of partnership immediately. Yes. Yes, that's all I've got to say. Good night, and uh, 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 Merry Christmas to you all.
3: Oh, how can such an awful old man say such beautiful things?
6: Well, we haven't time to talk about whether he's awful or not. We have things to do. Boy! Oh, you don't have to yell. You don't have to yell. I'm right here. I'm right here. Uh, I got all the stuff right with me. Good. Bring it right in. <laughs> Are they
2: us? Quiet, Jamie! Of course they're not. But they are Kingsley. Oh, oh don't kid me, Mister Crowley. <laughs> You're not getting funny.
6: Oh, I don't know how I can ever repay you for what you, Miss Lane, and Mister Cranston have done tonight. We have been more than repaid, I assure you. Uh, Louis, don't, d- don't, don't bring that in here. I didn't tell you I wanted you to oh, bring that in. It was my own idea, and I'm not even going to have to sneeze.
3: <laughs> oh, I dropped. Oh, my! You're a darling. Did you get that puppy?
6: Well, uh, well, yes.
3: Gee, is that for us, too? Why, oh, why, of course, Spike. Mr. Cranston got that for you as a surprise.
6: Margot, hear ye, hear ye. It's about time for all three of you, and that means you, too, Mr. Grover, to sit down and open some packages. We've got to go. You ready, Margo? Uh, where's Louie? He went outside. Merry Christmas to you all, and to you all, good night.
4: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas! Merry
6: Well, Margo, earlier tonight... We disagreed on our interpretation of charity. (laughs) Silly, wasn't it?
3: I know what you mean, Lamont.
6: There should never be a thing called charity. There should never have been the necessity to create the word. In this short span we call our lives, if each man would only realize that every other man has dreams and hopes, this world wouldn't be a topsy-turvy place. Then peace on earth would be a fact. Goodwill would be for every man. (laughs) <laughs> is that you, Louis? Who, who me? yeah, yeah, Mr. Cranston Have you got a cold? Uh-uh, a box of books Box of books? But you brought that inside Yeah, yeah, but this is another one Another one? Yeah, another one It's for you, Miss Lane You mean it's another puppy? Yeah, it's my own idea You see, when I went by the pet shop And, and the other pup's brother was in the window So I went in and I fed him on the head Do you know what he done, Mr. Cranston? No He bit my finger Oh, he's a god So, so I had to go and get him for Miss Lane And I charged them to you, I did.
3: Aunt. Yes, Margot? I'd like to say something. Why,
5: certainly. What do you want to say?
3: Merry Christmas to everybody.
5: Thank you, Margot and Lamont. Today's program is based on a story copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. The Shadow magazine is on sale at your local newsstand. (laughs) The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime
0: does not pay. The Shadow knows. (laughs) And there you have it. The Shadow at Christmas time. Yes. Uh, I mentioned that uh, Orson Welles was the original actor to play him when they started doing these uh, stories. But uh, that was not him in this story. Uh, this was either Bill Johnstone or maybe Brett Morrison. And I think there was one other, but I can't remember. And I don't know which one it was, <laughs> but uh wasn't Orson Welles in this particular episode. He did a few to start it off, I think, for maybe a little less than a year. And then he was done and he moved on to other guys. And I think the series lasted well into the 50s. But anyway, um Uh, Also, before we turn the lights out here at (laughs) RadioMisfits.com, last week I told you about uh, uh, how I co-host the Rob Saul show and that uh, uh, the show won an award and I won an award at their Rippies Award from uh, RIP Radio Network. Well, uh, the Rob Saul show uh, will soon be a part of the uh, RadioMisfits.com family and uh, the podcast version of the show will be appearing here on Radio Misfits. So look for that. And uh, welcome, Rob Saul and uh, Owen Elliott, to uh, the family of podcasts on RadioMisfits.com. So there you go. That's it for this episode of uh, Mr. Nelson's show. And we'll be back next week for one more Christmas episode because that'll be Christmas Eve. And speaking of Orson Welles, he will be in that episode of a special treat that I have for your uh, Nelson Show Christmas. So, uh, yes, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, all that good stuff. Happy God's... Uh, uh, yeah. So all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. Ho 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 ho! Merry Christmas, everybody! Merry! Oh no, Rudolph, don't! Don't! Oh oh oh! Oh no. Oh dear. Yeah. That's gonna leave a stain.